0: You're listening to your Mama Mentality NBA podcast with David and Kay.
1: Kay. David, I'm depressed. How are you feeling? I'm depressed. How would you sum up your emotions right now? What a way to start 2020.
0: Australia's burning down, SARS in China, Hong Kong protest, Daryl Morey gone <laughs> missing, David Stern no longer with us. And now
1: our beloved Kobe B. Bryant. So- it's like surreal i mean there's only a few incidences in history that at least in my lifetime that i can vividly recall what i was doing when i like heard the news i don't know if you kind of felt that before but obviously 9 11 was a huge thing for, even though i was really young i kind of understood the gravity of the moment and now kobe i woke up i i Turned on my phone and I just got this notification: Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash, forty-one. And I'm like, this "Is like, is it a joke? Is like, what am I in this? Like, is it April Fool's Day? Like, is like I actually had no idea what was happening, and yeah, I just didn't believe it was real. And I think everyone feels. I, I think that's just this is the strangest thing that everyone feels the same way. Everyone you talk to in terms of how they're dealing with this just thinks it's unbelievable that. Kobe Bryant someone that I, I know we'll get into it but for me was prime for like a second career in his life he was like he was ready for his post-career life with his daughters with, with what he's doing with basketball and furthering the game of women's basketball especially I just felt like and he won a freaking Oscar <laughs> like how many basketball players win, win an Oscar even though you know you can talk about whatever it whatever it was he won a freaking Oscar for it and, it just seemed he was going to have a wonderful second career and now that's just all laid to waste and a fiery crash along with his daughter, which I think is probably the most depressing thing. The fact that Kobe's heir, at least in Kobe's eyes, was Gianna Bryant. And, and they were going to like a camp, like a basketball camp along with the other... People in the helicopter, they're like, you know, they're flying to, you know, the place in California to go to the basketball camp. And Gigi was in that on that helicopter, along with her friend, a teammate and, you know, their parents and their family and stuff like that. And it's just so, so surreal. And they just all died in that moment. And I, I just can't. I just keep thinking, like, in that moment when they're falling out of the sky and they know that, like, it's over, like, this will be the last moments. They'll be alive. I just, I wonder what Kobe was thinking. It's
0: very tough. It's very tough. This is a very somber podcast that we're gonna have.
1: It feels like also we've only ever talked about Kobe in like a, in a reverent way. Like he was always seen as like an icon to, all these current basketball players. Like he was. He was the guy that everyone in this current basketball NBA world looked up to. Because he's
0: still current. He's still current. He's not someone like a Jerry West, who's very respected. But Jerry West played back in the 60s, the 70s. Yeah. Kobe Bryant is still very much in involved or in the minds of current NBA players.
1: Well, also, I guess there was a bit of a crossover in a lot of the, like, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade look up to Kobe Bryant same way as Kobe Bryant and like Allen Iverson looked up to Michael Jordan and like Isaiah Thomas and stuff like that. So it's all generational and it's just, yeah, Kobe Bryant was so relevant still and, and, and part of the conversation because he was still talked, literally the day before he died, 25 hours, he was at the game in Philadelphia when LeBron broke his yeah, scoring absolutely. record and, and, and there was an the interview afterwards, after, after you know, uh, the, the Lakers lost that game, but you know, they were talking about what Kobe Bryant meant to LeBron James and LeBron James was talking about how his career intertwined with Kobe Bryant and how his you know, interactions with Kobe Bryant meant a lot to him and it was such an influence to him. And it was crazy listening to that this morning because it sounded like he was already giving like a eulogy for Kobe. Like it was his bitterary basically of, from LeB- LeBron James' perspective. And he was saying all these things in such a glowing way. And, 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 you know, little did he know that that would be the last thing that he would ever, you know, in terms of, like, Kobe's last tweet. Kobe's last tweet was talking about LeBron James scoring, in beating a scoring record and, you know, continuing on his legacy. And, and then that, that's it. And I think that night Kobe Bryant even retweeted or tweeted at
0: LeBron James to congratulate him as well.
1: Yeah, that was his last tweet.
0: That makes perfect sense. This is just, uh, you know, an average Sunday or Saturday or whatever day that was. And the next day would have been just like any other day, except it wasn't. I'm still in denial. I still think they're going to find Kobe Bryant somewhere, even though that's clearly not the case. My brain just can't process a world where we don't have Kobe Bryant. It just seems that he was starting his second career. In many ways, I thought his second career hasn't even started yet because I felt he was in the he's cur- he was in a current transition period where he tried a bit of storytelling, short films, uh, even children's novels, and I thought eventually he mm. would get back deeply into basketball again, whether that's involvement with uh, his daughter, Gianna, or getting back to the NBA somehow in terms of uh, a mentorship role.
1: Mm. And he talked about, yeah, like you're right, after his final game and his retirement, he took some time away. He didn't, he didn't really show up in the NBA arenas. He didn't go to watch many games. He was kind of uh, a bit exclusive with you know who, who his company was and he kind of was out of the limelight of the NBA. And he only kind of got back to into it because apparently Gigi was really into basketball and really wanted to watch games and really wanted to get involved and that's when Kobe started taking, it. and that's why you see a lot of pictures of Kobe and Gigi together at games because she was just like you know in love with the game, and yeah, I said it before, but like you know watching interviews and listening to him talk about Gigi, I don't think this is selective, but just like how LeBron thinks like thinks of Bronny, he loves all his children, obviously, but just the way that LeBron talks about Bronny and in terms of being like his heir, Kobe thought Gigi was going to be his air in terms of, you know, carrying on the Mamba mentality, like carrying, being, becoming the heir to the Mamba, you know, trademark, if you will. Um, and, and like, once again, the fact that, you know, she's, she's passed away in that helicopter as well. It just is really devastating. It, it's like when that, when that news trickled along, I was like, I, I couldn't believe, it. like, I thought maybe just Kobe and like a few, few friends or whatever the case was, but yeah, when I heard what the st- like, why they were where they were going to, you know, who they were with, um, yeah, that that just makes it more tragic in my yeah, eyes, absolutely. You know, I had seen some
0: highlights of her, of her games, um, on Twitter, and I really thought, even though she's only 13 and you don't know if she was going to go to WNBA, but in my mind, I thought, well, I'm definitely not going to be surprised if in. 5 years time yeah. she takes over the WNBA.
1: Yeah, me too. Especially with Kobe as a coach as as her coach as a biggest advocate.
0: Make an impact on the WNBA game and the women's game. Mm. Bring that Mamba mentality uh in a way we haven't seen before.
1: And what and also Kobe like you know in the in the previous few days was talking about the WNBA and talking about how student like, and WNBA players like um Della Don and uh I don't know the name sorry but like they could play in the NBA you know if they were given the chance like he's really a hu- he was a huge advocate for women's basketball um and you know seeing that through the eyes of his daughters and seeing how they play and seeing how you know passionate they are about basketball I think re- really was you know what reignited him into trying to get back into basketball and you know reaching out to all these you know current basketball players and, and and making sure that he's a part of their lives as much like you know he didn't have to go out and like talk to luca he didn't really have to keep coaching um Giannis. he didn't have to you know shove these games at important milestones with lebron james he doesn't have he doesn't have to do he's not beholden to these things but he wants to because he wants to be part of he wants to be part of this next generation and continue teaching and and like we've been saying this was all primed to become his second career where he's going to Get back into basketball in some capacity and and really teach you know the exactly. ways exactly but i just feel like that's all gone now and th- th- there's really no one in this generation or last generation that really encapsulate i mean we have jordan and jordan's always gonna be a part of this game um but i, I don't know kobe was kobe as much as he wanted to be like mj really carved out his own niche, and that was, you know, the Mamba mentality. It was, I mean, it, it speaks for himself. I, I have, the funny thing is we haven't even talked about his resume. He, he's a f- five-time NBA champion, you know, coming out of high school, didn't, you know, coming out of 18 years old or 17 years he old. He scored
0: 81 points in a game.
1: Scored 81 points. Uh, scored 60 points in his last game. I mean, this guy was uh, an all-time great player. Like, and, and like... We've never like talked about him in a bad way on the show. I'm not saying even if we have or you know have not, it doesn't matter. But I think we've always respected his game and respected. And I'm I think I just think every player at least in the NBA have always respected what he stood for in terms of you know his his competitiveness and his ferocity on the court and, and everything.
0: Absolutely. At the end of the day, I think what he's going to be remembered for. Is that Mamba mentality? So, you know, I make fun of that term, Mamba mentality, his uh, muse, cage, and all this shenanigans. I'm reacting to the labels and how he's chosen to brand them.
1: It's it's a brand for sure. It definitely is a brand. Behind the
0: brand, Mamba mentality is a real thing. Kobe Bryant was a bad motherfucker, and he was so serious mm. about basketball and being the greatest that I really do think he was. Absolutely unique. I can't really think yeah. of another player other than Michael Jordan that had that killer instinct. Yeah. He didn't care about yeah. even
1: his teammates. you could argue. Yeah, definitely, yeah. He got caught. He's, he never passed That was that was his thing.
0: Unless you're a winner, just like him. In other words, if you're gonna compete at yeah. his level, he is gonna respect you. But he's not there to make friends. He's not there Mm. to to be the good guy or the bad guy. He's there to win. And I really felt that he maximized the talent that he was given. Oh, totally. Jerry West uh, gave an interview for, I think, ABC, or one of those shows. And the, the host asked him, you know, how did he know that Kobe Bryant was a special player at 17 years old? And I thought, Jerry West gave an excellent answer which is there's lots of young players like Kobe Bryant that seem just as special. The difference with Kobe Bryant is that he didn't waste any of that talent. You know, the qualities that Kobe Bryant has, there are others with his abilities, even maybe more abilities. But what is so unique about Kobe Bryant was that he did not want to waste it at all. He maximized it. When
1: you make it to the top of the game, you're obviously very talented. You're in the top 0.01% of all... players that play this game of basketball Uh, and the fact that Kobe was able to polish his offensive game to the point where he he had no flaws he literally had no flaw in his offensive game he could dunk it over you he could fade away he could three he could shoot from the three-point line he was he was basically perfect from the free throw line he had a you know like what is any flaw in his offensive game he went up against the best defensive players as well like I Bruce Bowen is one of the best defensive stalwarts. I think this game's ever seen. He went up against LeBron James. It's too easy for like it's too easy. Everything was too easy for a Kobe offensively, and he proved it. He proved it when he came out of high school and and showed everyone that he, he he can work harder than everyone. Even after the championships with Shaq, he he won it with a you know with a team that like he scored eighty one game eighty one points when uh. He, ha- he was on a team with Ronnie Tueriff, Smush Parker, <laughs> Jordan Farmer. That's probably why he scored 81. Um, actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. But I mean, like they went to the final. They went. They to- went. They went to the playoffs. Still, you know, and they beat. Uh, I- we both talked about the 81 points in the fine in this final game. One of the other greatest moments is his game win against the Suns, against that juggernaut Suns team Steve Nash, hit a game game win in overtime. Um. Is that the one where he literally, like, just, like, like ripped it off of Natchez's, like, hand? Just ran the ball, yeah, ripped the ball out (laughs) out of the defender's hands, ran up the court, ran up to the free-throw line, just shot it, and then, like, pulled his jersey to the side. It's unbelievable.
0: I I encourage our listeners to go check out that highlight. It's just unstoppable.
1: I mean, there's a lot of highlights. It's not always just, like, you know, game winners and, you know... Uh, 81 points it is just anytime you watch it just any m- clip you watch him is just does something unbelievable that no one else I feel like can can replicate really at, at his at his level um, so let's get down to brass tacks we need specifics yeah.
0: for you what was Kobe Bryant's greatest moment
1: you know what 80, 80 81 points was unbelievable but I I felt like If anyone was going to do it, Kobe was just going to will his way. Um, To me, my greatest memory is the final game. And I feel like that's a bit of a cop-out because, you know, the final game was an exhibition game, if anything. And, you know, he already won five championships and countless game sevens and, you know, countless countless game winners. But for me, that was really Kobe in a nutshell. He was going to shoot his 50 (laughs) shots or 60 (laughs) shots and get... You know, he's going to shoot 50 shots and get, you know, whatever the points. And the rest didn't care. The refs were just going to let him play. Like, the rest going to let, like, hard, like, screens, like, they would just, like, shove <laughs> out of the way so Kobe can get a free 3.0. But credit Kobe, Kobe was hitting them. And I just, I was in the office, office, uh, I was in office uh, watching this. And everyone was just, what like, we, it was, just, it was crazy. Everyone was watching this last game. We just, we knew that this was going to be a primetime game. It was going to be ESPN. Everyone was just going to, like, you know, tune in. The TVs were on. And in that fourth quarter, when they were down by 10, 12 points and whatever, and Kobe like wheeling them back, everyone stopped working. Everyone was watching Kobe because at the end of the day, to me, Kobe tr- transcended basketball. He was just what every kid when, like, you know, they're, you know, like, pretending to shoot, like, you know, uh, waste into a into a basket like, and, and yelling Kobe. Like, that's... That was him. Like, you're just kind of living vicariously through this guy that just loves to play basketball. I think, I, yeah, like, I mean, obviously we didn't know him personally, but just his influence on the game and influence on, like, dreamers in it everywhere, like, it, I think that's just what really inspired me from that last game. He obviously didn't have these legs. He obviously was old. He obviously was tired. You know, every time they caught a timeout when a bench, he was just, like, huffed over, but he still, <laughs> he still kept going. He still kept shooting. He still kept getting it in, and I think that... And everyone everyone in the office was watching it I, I, that was a crazy man mem- that was a crazy mem- that mem- was
0: definitely crazy. crazy um and i agree with you to me that that's definitely one of my top moments but i think my probably my yeah. greatest memory of kobe was the 81 game and i remember yeah. watching it in the office yeah. and i was just thinking at the time like how is this possible this is a video game score this is it's this is not even a video game score I can't even score any one points with one player in a video game. (laughs) To put it in context, that that was during a period when he was literally scoring over 40 points a game. It felt like for weeks on end. Yeah, yeah. So every every week he was like scoring 40 something or even 50 points. Here's the question. How do you think the NBA should honor him then?
1: The appropriate thing and the thing that is definitely going to happen, and I think it's already been announced that the NBA will do this is uh, to induct him to the Hall of Fame um, next year, which is his first year of eligibility. But like whatever whatever the case is, he needs to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Even if he didn't die, he was going to be there anyway. But they need to do something special and they need to honor their event around Kobe Bryant. And I think it's going to be a, a interesting, like a very, very significant uh, ceremony because this will also be the year that Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan also will enter the Hall of Fame. You know, they're, they're two definite <laughs> Hall of Famers as well, um, but Kobe will be the you know main event. And once again, it's crazy that, you know, he, the guy that's inducted in the Hall of Fame won't be able to give a speech. I, I don't know what they'll do around that, but, you know, when it's time to honor Kobe and, you know, his Hall of Fame induction... They should do something special to you know honor that um, into the you know Hall of Fame. I think the other thing that they should do is a stat- statue, especially in front of Staples, which is now. I didn't know this was called before, but the house that Kobe Bryant built was this always a like a nickname? Oh, for really? Staples? Um, it but, might be. I think I feel like it's something that they've thrown recently because Staples. No, no, is Staples. Quite is, old. Is it's not old. Not um, is it not? The one before
0: it was old. Uh. I think. The old one was called like the oh, LA okay, Forum, okay. I want to say,
1: but Staples Center was uh, like one. Okay, I've only known it as Staples. So okay, I think uh, is Shaq Shaq has a statue right now, right? He has a statue. But yeah, they they should erect a statue from Kobe Bryant. And I think the other thing that should be considered is retiring number twenty-four. That I'm not. So uh, sure I heard the the, Ma- the Mavericks have already done done that. They're going to retire t- number twenty-four. Right, um, right. And I think other teams that feel a connection to 24 should do. I think the Sixers should consider it. Um, obviously, the Lakers already done it. They retired his jersey for, for his playing excellence. They retired um, two of his jerseys. Sure, they retired number eight, and number 24. Uh, I mean, I don't really care. Who, you know, you know, where it comes down to, like, you know, what do you think of Kobe? You, do you think of him number eight or as number 24? I remember when he switched to 24, and I thought it was weird because I just always knew him as number eight, but. I just think the fact that he, uh, I think just in the later years, because he was still winning championships and he was doing it by himself, I think he really earned a at 24. And um, I think it's a bit like unreasonable to ask to every team to retire two numbers. So if I had to choose one number, I, I would say retire 24. Right. Um, but that's something worth considering. I'm not saying that it, it should be done, but I think it's something that definitely the NBA should discuss. Like he was an he was a icon, he was a living icon. He's a living legend, uh, or was a living legend. Um, really, like I, I honestly think that.
0: I agree with that. Uh, although I'm not sure about, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I support retiring um, his jersey. I think, you know, that's that's like a once every 50 year type of event. I'm talking about a Michael Jordan. I'm talking about a Wayne oh, Gretzky. Yeah.
1: To your point, Michael Jordan hasn't had his jersey retired, and they're, you know, they've they've had talks for this for ages. So, um, but I think what what pushes this uh, at least for discussion is the fact how how untimely his death was, basically, and how unfortunate it was, and everything else surrounding him in terms of, uh, you know, what he's contributed to the game. I think. Uh, at the time, of his death, he was very much involved in the game. And I think that really will mean a lot to the NBA community in terms of, you know, you know, when they choose to vote for it, if they do retire 24. Like, I think that really will impact the voters. Like, if Michael Jordan, you know, 30 years later, like, if he was an owner and was just out of the game playing golf, and then he died, it might be a different scenario, you know what I mean? Like, So, instead
0: of retiring his jersey league-wide, which I... I'm not sure. That's um, yeah. I'm not sure if I support that. I think what can happen though is the NBA should look into creating or renaming an award named after Mm. Kobe Bryant. Because I feel like Mm. the NBA is full of awards named after people that I don't even know. They're like from the early days of the NBA, and I really feel like it'd be not only great for fans. But just a nice thing to actually create some awards or rename those awards based on more recent stars and actual stars that built the modern NBA, rather than people that were just hanging around or just happened to be there during the early days of the NBA
1: when the NBA wasn't even a, like much of a thing, right? We do have to respect history because those guys were the foundation of of of, of the game. Um, but at the same time, I I do um, I do agree with you like this modern nba is, is vastly different than what it was uh six decades ago or whatever
0: the six man award or that teammate award timon stokes like who's timon <laughs> stokes do you know that guy yeah. that Definitely. should be named carmelo anthony that award should be renamed
1: carmelo anthony maybe everything should be the uh kobe bryant most valuable player award Kobe Bryant <laughs> rookie of the year award kobe bryant <laughs> nba champion
0: Look, the MVP. The MVP is it? Is it the Kareem uh, du, uh, uh, Abdul-Jabbar Award nah, or, what's, it's... or Bill Russell MVP Award? I think
1: Bill Russell's Finals MVP.
0: Yeah. Okay. But see, that makes sense to me, right? That makes sense.
1: No MVP Bill is just Kia. It's, it's sponsored. I think it's just the Kia MVP.
0: It's just Kia. What is Kia's got to do with anything? What have they done? They sponsor the NBA. <laughs> It should be the, the Kobe Bryant-sponsored NBA award. <laughs> the Kobe Kiyo. <Keogh. laughs> no, instead of Kobe Kiyo, it should be a free uh, ad placeholder for Vanessa yeah. Bryant. And she can put whatever ad she wants in there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm in favor of that. Look, I just I, any way to uh, ch- cherish his memory for basketball, um, I think I'm, I'm all for. Like I think retiring 24 is like the ultimate honor. Like just you can't have 24. Sorry, that's for Kobe. Kobe is 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 is, is going to be you know remembered for forever kind of thing. And this is like a you know big way to remember him. Like you said, trophies in six decades time. Like who is Kobe Bryant? Who is this guy? Oh, he, he died uh, in 2020. Oh, okay, like you know.
0: I'm looking at the NBA um, awards that actually do have names. So, we have obviously the championship, which is the uh, Larry O'Brien Trophy. But things like the All-Star Game MVP, that doesn't have a, a name. Coach of the Year, no name attached. Community okay. Assist Award,
1: Defensive Player of the Year, doesn't have a name. It's a good idea. Any way to honor Ike, as many things as you can do to honor him, basically. I, I'm all for it, basically. Right. There's a Magic Johnson Award, Do you know that? Oh, really? For what? For, I'm not um, sure.
0: Hey, okay. hey, kid no. Show respect I Show haven't respect. said anything
1: <laughs> The Magic Johnson executive of the year President of the year
0: It's the Magic Johnson uh, Three day a week work day award. <laughs> well, you, it's, hey, It's hey. a three day work
1: week hey, award This is a respectful
0: <laughs> pod I'm just saying what you're thinking Yeah, what is the Magic Johnson Award? Was it annual award for the NBA player who recognizes excellence on the court and cooperation and dignity with the media and public? Okay, that makes sense. So, uh, it's a media um, award. Maybe we should have an award that's called most like Kobe Bryant award. The Mamba Award. Yeah, the Mamba Mentality
1: Award. So, we can give it
0: to people like uh, Russell Westbrook as an example.
1: And Giannis. 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 Was yeah. such a model after Kobe's like you know whole game, not just like on the court, but just like you know, not training with other people because he didn't believe in training with his competitors and rivals. Yeah. In the off season, um, and you heard like Giannis deleted all social media after after Kobe's death.
0: It's called greatness. It's greatness. Oh, okay, we got to move on from from this. I think. What time? We'll have more perspective and more thoughts on this topic, but yeah. right
1: now it's just too fresh. I don't even like. I'm I'm still dazed. I haven't heard the. I haven't. Uh, LeBron James, I think, actually, quite recently, um, tweeted or put up a post on Instagram about you know, you know his his thoughts on Kobe, and uh, you know, you know what? Like, I felt like I didn't need to read because the thing that he said. Before Kobe passed away, like at the, after the game in Philly, when he passed Kobe, I, that was enough for me. Like, he literally was talking 10 minutes about Kobe and what Kobe meant to him. Right. And it was crazy. It was crazy right. hearing that, that, not knowing what the future would hold for them. Um, I really recommend you listen to that interview, like, because it really is like crazy, like how, what happened. Right. Uh, and I will, yeah. and I will. Yeah, like, you know, like, you want to listen to what LeBron says, and I can't wait to, maybe that's not the right word, but I do really want to hear LeBron's thoughts on video, you know, post Kobe's death. Um, right. And and also, they've cancelled the Lakers and Clippers game that was supposed to happen, like, you know, uh, in a, you know at, at some point, like, in, a, in the state. I don't even know how to say it, but, you know, recently the Lakers and Clippers game was supposed to happen, but it was cancelled. And, like, uh, even the team, like, within team headquarters, they hired grief counselors, uh, you know, to help with this uh, situation. Right, um, right. So, hopefully, yeah. they'll... And Kyrie himself, Kyrie didn't play in the game after hearing about it. Like, literally, they were warming up, and when he heard about it, he just left um, and went to church, apparently. Uh, so Chris
0: Paul, I think, did the same. He didn't play... I think it's Chris Paul. Okay. He didn't play... Um, the game either,
1: yeah. So I mean, everyone's battling. Trey Young switched his number from eleven to eight, right? Right. Um, and it was some like crazy yeah. numbers. Like um, he scored forty-five points and right. like on uh, twenty-four shots and stuff like that. And I love what the NBA is doing right now with the whole um, uh, taking the eight-second violation, eight-second half-court violations, and then the twenty-four-second shot clock violations. It's kind of perfect.
0: I mean, the fact that it, it those it's violations twenty-four and eight.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's really perfect. I don't know who thought of that or who did that first, but it's just it's pretty genius. Uh,
0: it is pretty genius that tribute. Yeah, uh, it's also genius because when the buzzers sound, it's such a jarring thing, right? Yeah, I think it's appropriate given the somber context of, of this tribute. Um, and also maybe perhaps a reminder of how you know things like this, it just you can't take life for granted, you, you have everything in the world. And then it's taking away from you, and you know, maybe we should uh, appreciate Kobe for sort of maximizing the time that he did have uh, here on Earth.
1: Yeah, I think literally in the in those moments, I don't know how long he he had when he realized he was going to die. But in those moments, he was thinking about his family, but he was probably also thinking about. You know all the things that he was go- he had plans for to do like for the for the game NBA and also the WNBA like he had- he probably had all these plans that he wanted to do and to work and who he could inf- like his influence is gone like imagine Steve Jobs before he invented the iPhone kind of thing right like right. I literally Absolutely. think that Kobe was on the cusp of doing great things for the game and we will never know we basically will never know what that was and how he influenced the game.
0: And whether he wrote it down, whether he shared it with anyone, like I'm almost positive that he had plans.
1: Uh, me too. I'm definitely sure he had pl- like concrete plans, maybe not written down, but he had a vision of how he wanted to do exactly. things. And to carry out his plan.
0: He doesn't come across as a guy that just like sits at home and said, I'm going to retire and not think about anything. Yeah. I'm just going to
1: like, yeah, drink beer and, and, and uh, yeah, coach, uh, I don't know, primary school basketball or whatever, like... He seems like someone that wants to spread his influence and his platform. I agree. I agree. Okay, anyway. All-star starters. All-star.
0: <laughs> nice. with they should rename this the Kobe Bryant
1: All-star starters? I think they should also all come out in like 8 and 24 jerseys. <laughs> okay. Well, someone did that. I think the Pistons, uh, the Pistons oh, are really? in the warm-up. W- All-war custom 8 and 24 jerseys with Bryant on the back. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I really love. I really love what the tribute from the players. Uh,
0: okay, so g- going back to uh, the regular everyday NBA, we have the All Star starters have been announced recently.
1: What's the point? Let's just. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point? What's the point? Let's just. I don't want to watch this what other is, shit. I think I know how Kyrie. I know how Kyrie feels now. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Kyrie I feel like Kyrie. Everyone, every fan just wants to talk about basketball and, and and get back to the games and life goes on and the show must go on
0: i pray to god that kyrie irving doesn't like release some like stupid statement because he's literally the exact opposite of mamba mentality
1: i think uh, i think literally kyrie's kyrie when hearing of his death was 50/50 on retiring right right I'm and and guess
0: that. what and guess what? The irony of that—that's the exact opposite of Mamba mentality, okay? That's the exact opposite of Mamba mentality. Okay. Mamba mentality w- would be to use this as motivation
1: to carry on the name. I I just feel like uh, I think Kyrie obviously needs to be ma- mature about this. It's it's affected everyone. It is literally this is everyone that plays in NBA looked up to Kobe Bryant as a role model, as an icon, as a basketball legend. Um, no exception. I seriously I seriously believe that. Because everyone in the NBA now is like born 1995 or later, or mm. 1993 and later. And that's when Kobe, like by time they could talk or by the time they could actually literally pl- start playing basketball, Kobe was already a rookie, you know? Like mm. Kobe entered the league and they were watching Kobe their entire career. Um, where am I going with this? I think Kyrie uh, needs to show a level of leadership in terms of saying it's not just about me and my relationship with Kobe because I really do think they had a special relationship. It's about Kyrie being there for the other guys that you know maybe didn't have as much of a special relationship as Kobe but are still affected um, by the loss and loss of the hero, basically, a childhood hero um, by all accounts. And Kyrie needs to step up and be that, leader to them and and confide with them and emote with them and, and you know, this is why he came to Brooklyn. He needs to be a leader and he can't bail out now. Uh, he needs to show, like you said, the Mamba mentality, carry on that legacy. Um, even if you don't believe him, I, I believe he will. Uh, and show the young guys or the other guys on the Nets you know, what it means to be Kobe, what it means to work out like with Kobe, what what it means to be... Like Kobe, I guess. And yeah, I, I I, don't know if he'll do or not, but that's what he needs to do. He can't be selfish with these emotions. Like, Kobe meant so much to me. He was an inspiration to me, he was an icon to me. Like, he needs to understand that everyone is affected by it and he needs to um, come to terms with that and, and be a leader and, and step up.
0: Okay, let's just talk. This, let's forget the All Stars. All Stars are
1: milestones. We got time. We also this. started as the West starters as James, Luca, Harden, AD, Kawhi. East starters are Giannis, Kemba, Trey, <laughs> Spicy P, and Embiid. Next,
0: um, yeah, LeBron James for his number one pick in the All Star Game should select Giannis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damn it. They <laughs> should refuse. They should refuse to play. But let's cut the bullshit. Let's let's talk about Kyrie. Let's talk about Kyrie. This this is a series. Okay. You're the resident Nets fan and expert. What's happening with Kyrie? So recently Kyrie came out with some statement with To The Media about how he demands greatness from his teammates. And I quote, I mean, it's transparent. It's out there. It's glaring in terms of the pieces that we need in order to be at the next level. What's he talking about? What is glaring here? Can you explain this to me?
1: Well, I think it's glaring to everyone. It's pretty clear that the Nets do need more talent to compete at the next level. I agree with it. I agree with statements entirely. And I've been saying this for a long time that they should trade a lot of these pieces for like another superstar. I've always said that. I think that they could trade Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and Carlos LaVert for a Bradley Beal in some sort of machination of a trade, whether that works or not, whatever. Like they can trade those four promising players for a superstar, in my opinion, along with some maybe first round picks. But I don't want. Obviously, you as the leader of the team shouldn't say that to the media. That that's that's obvious. So I can't defend uh, that state that statement to the media. Uh, and you know, he should be he should have a muzzle on. Basically, he shouldn't he shouldn't be allowed to go to the media and just be so candid about what players compliment him and what he needs to, for this team to improve. Like that's not for him to say to the media.
0: The the Nets uh, recently announced a new GM, Little Mountain. Like, why is he talking? Why is he speaking like this? Why does he he do this?
1: I think he feels compelled to, like, be honest. Like, he's always been honest, and I think that's that's his problem. He's honest to a fault. He wants to, uh, you know, use the media as a soundboard for his, like, complaints and life problems he feels that are affecting him.
0: He's done this multiple times now and there hasn't been once where he's spoken out to the media in this capacity and it's actually... Like going back to the Boston days? I mean, every time he comes out and speaks his mind to the media like this, wouldn't a smart person learn after failing all this time that, hey, maybe this is not effective. Doing it this way is not effective.
1: Ah! Uh, I feel like that's rhetorical. Okay. I, I... <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I ultimately think it's not helping anyone by doing this. And, he's, and it's shown uh, in the past that this hasn't gone in his favor, if that's what you're asking. Um, so I agree with you. But, you know, at the same time, he's right. I, I want to analyze the actual things he was saying. And it's true. They do need an extra piece or two. And that will go a long way of helping KD, himself, and DJ to you know win a championship which at the end of the day when they when it happens that's all that anyone will care about that you know we talk about Kyrie and you talk about like oh you know he goes to the media and talks shit about his teammates well when he wins the championship it's all about oh Kyrie is brave enough to say what he wants and he's candid and he's honest and you know he's got the tenacity and ferocity to just do whatever's necessary to win a championship
0: I'm not even sure. Like, do you actually seriously believe? Did Kobe
1: not like ask for to be traded from the Lakers when they were he did before they got Powell? Yeah, he did actually. Yeah, he did. And there was a really public feud, obviously, with Shaq for a long time. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I I mean, I'm not I'm not comparing Kyrie to Kobe, but you know, I'm just saying there's a lot of superstar players that go out to the media and use them as a way to voice their complaints. But then it's all uh, vindicated because uh, they win. And right. unfortunately, because Kyrie is losing right now and, and the Nets are losing, he's getting a lot of vitriol towards him because it's like, oh, you're crazy, man. Like, you won't win in Boston. and You're not winning in Brooklyn. Who are you to call anyone out? And I would agree with you. But, I, you know, when K- I just think the whole narrative changes when Ke- KD, Kevin Durant comes back. Um, They've, if they do actually trade for uh, another superstar uh, and, and they start winning games, everyone's going to forget about this. And it's just going to be footnote in Kyrie's legacy. And, you know, if they do win another championship, probably a Hall of Fame career.
0: You're the little mountain whisperer. Is Jared Allen safe?
1: Uh, I would say no. Mm-hmm. I like Jared Allen, but because DeAndre Jordan is on a four year contract and he's not going anywhere, obviously so uh Jared Allen has a lot of trade value so maybe you bundle him in um just because you got Jordan and you got this other kid named Nick Claxton who's pretty doing a pretty good job and yeah do you want, uh Jared Allen can give you some trade value so yeah why not Wilson Chandler is he safe <laughs> Uh Chandler's not safe. He's on the one you deal with. Him, so if you can get any value from him that's pretty good. I need to know. Spencer Dinwiddie. Safe? Spencer's safe for now. Spencer will be such a great but Spencer's Spencer is probably the best player like uh in not mentioned. Was he mentioned? He was, he was he was mentioned. Kane.
0: Give me the word on the street. Kevin Durant. <laughs> Is he safe?
1: (laughs) I think it's the other way around. Is Kyrie, does Kevin Durant think Kyrie Irving is safe? (laughs) Okay, here's a challenging one though. Joe Harris, is he safe? I really don't think so. This is is really the one that got me. Obviously the two names that he didn't mention was uh, Joe Harris and Jared Allen. And Jared Allen I can sort of understand because he plays the same position as DeAndre Jordan. But Joe Harris is a really good player because he can shoot really well. He hasn't shot really well in the past in a recent in a few recent games, but I mean he's a three-point champion. He beat Steph Curry in a head-to-head in a finals competition in the three-point competition in an all-star game last year. Um, he was on team USA
0: literally before. He was on the team season. USA.
1: He had a great season. He had a great season last season. The, the Nets went to the playoffs with Joe Harris and his shooting progress. This season hasn't been playing so well and his trade value, I think, have, has dropped a bit and he's on a contract year this year. So I think a lot of things aren't working for Joe and I think if Kyrie had his, his way, he would trade Joe for in a, another piece or bundle him uh, for another piece. Uh, I really think, yeah, he's not safe. But they do need a shooter. That's the thing. They're one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA and Joe is, hasn't stepped up to provide that. So, yeah. Okay.
0: You've been to the Nets locker room. Tell me what's written on the walls. DeAndre Jordan, is he safe?
1: <laughs> DJ safe, for sure. They didn't take less money to ship him away, like, a year later.
0: Rodius Corrox! <laughs> the fuck, how do you say this guy's name? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Rodius
1: Corrox? He's a pretty good player. He, Who's he player? He was sitting on the bench. Uh, is he safe? uh interestingly enough he was uh he's got a case going on at the moment i think not in america maybe in his hometown of latvia or wherever he's from is and, he a rapist uh,
0: <laughs> oh right <laughs> he's
1: he's part of the perzingis club i <laughs> something to do with sexual assault oh, okay. I, can't, I can't quite recall and i don't want to make the accusation well let's just well, why are we talking so much about Nets? So are you getting somewhere what's the what are you getting at I'm not getting anywhere. I'm just
0: reading the roster. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I'm just reading the roster to see who's safe. Hey, wh- by the way, wh- why did Kyrie like call out uh, Jared Temple? Like, is he good? Why is he being like on the safe list?
1: <laughs> Temple's been playing good. I-, I think that if they could resign Temple, they would. I don't know. I think he's on a one-year deal, so yeah. But he's been playing well. Yeah, he's really he's been a valuable player.
0: Okay, all this depressing news. One highlight which is that Zion
1: recently made his debut, what? I thought you were going to talk about Chandler Parsons. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, that's dark. (laughs) Am I that evil? I thought you were going to, it's one highlight, and that's Chandler Parsons potentially ending his (laughs) career, (laughs) finally. (laughs) Okay, well anyway, that's Chandler Parsons apparently going to a car injury, so he's not hurt too bad except his career but his career was already in the tank so right. no, nothing really is at risk here and he's getting paid 20 million dollars this season right. anyway to not play basketball he still get his money they still, he still owed his money um, he's only in the, and the thing is he's only uh, the Hawks are only on the hook for this last this is his last season basically right. like I don't right. think Chandler Parsons is going to get another contract in the NBA he might continue playing elsewhere like the fact that he's in the NBA and he got a contract worth over twenty million dollars shows that he was once a player with a lot of promise. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think he's probably one of the worst players in the NBA. Uh, in fact, before learning that, you know, he still owed twenty million dollars this season, I was wondering why Chandler Parsons is on an NBA NBA team over like Jeremy Lin, for example, right. or even like Amari Stardomaya, for example. Like, I just I can't comprehend Chandler Parsons playing in an NBA game at this point. Um, oh, right. And it seemed, uh, unfortunately, quite fitting to me that that this crash would have happened to Chandler Parsons, and that's why I thought maybe this was like framed, uh, purposely framed in some way, so he could avoid playing any future basketball games. Because he just feels like someone that is uh, someone that does not want to play in the NBA anymore. Like he's 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 done. He's he's got his money. He wants to collect it, and he's, he wants he just wants it out.
0: Well, normally, like, if a player gets injured, you keep the statements very ambiguous to keep the door open for any future returns, right? And you put out a statement saying that this is potentially career-ending, and its health is, like, unknown. His return to play is unclear. That's really just, like, making... Yeah. Isn't that just usually broadcasting doubt?
1: Usually it's quite open, yeah. But usually those players that keep it open because they want to... Re- like, they do want to return. We're talking about, like, Greg Greg Oden that trying to make comebacks, Derek Rose... Tr- had career-ending injuries, tried to come back. Brandon Roy, you know, attempted to come back, but you know, you know, two of them, except Rose, didn't come back. They they couldn't make it past their injuries. Chandler Parsons, we don't know the extent of these injuries, but has already said that, or at least a lawyer said, probably on his behalf, that these injuries have forced him to, uh, you know, go on a, on injury, like you know, go on the injury shelf for a little while, and we. You know, we don't know how that will turn out for him, but it just seems like he doesn't want to be involved in the NBA anymore.
0: I was gonna say we should end on a light on a light note, and <laughs> then I saw it's uh, Zion's debut.
1: <laughs> Nothing light about it. Nothing <laughs> light about him at all.
0: <laughs>
1: just like to <laughs> He does look light sometimes. The way he jumps. Oh. So explosive his jump, oh. his jumping ability. Do you feel that, like, when we ever see, whenever we see these players are just so athletic, they're so athletic that they're clearly, uh, you know, miles more athletic than any other player on the court, um, that it just won't last? Like, how long does a player's athleticism, you know, cover up for so many assets of the game? Like, Zion's not a perfect player by any means. And his ability to just double jump, like, literally jump high and miss the, uh, you know, layup or whatever. And then, like, land and quickly jump again higher than a seven-footer can jump, like, you know, when he's been planting his feet on the ground and, and getting ready for the shot. Zan can, like, you know, jump again and, and, and leap over players. I Like, that's a, a crazy, crazy athletic trait. But I just I just feel like it just won't last. It's... He just he won't be able to sustain this level of, of of impact and explosiveness for long, especially especially at his
0: weight. He he's looking heavy. Like did, is that like I saw him and I thought he looked heavy. Like,
1: he looks really heavy, 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 but he looks like in control of it in a way too. I guess like he's not struggling. He's moving quick. Like you said, he's very fast. Yeah, he's not struggling at all. He's moving quick. He's he moves like he moves sorry like i'll put this way when he walks he's not like he doesn't look like ben simmons like you won't confuse him with ben simmons he's not like floating like a butterfly down the court and running down and dunking with electricity he's more like uh i don't know playing like julius Randle or like draymond green or something like that like kind of like kind of slowly moving down the court and getting into position but then when he's in position he's uh you know then he's using like a lot of power to power past his opponents, or defenders, and, and and slamming or not slamming, but like getting a easy layup because the guys just can't jump as high as he can. Um, which just seems like he's just relying so much on his on his athleticism. That's all.
0: Right, and he's 19 years old, which is fine. I think that's definitely doable, but I can't see this like lasting. I just can't.
1: He needs to develop a game. He needs to develop post up game. Forget about developing a game. Like, he needs to lose weight. Yeah. I think that'll happen. I think that should happen. Yeah, the
0: joints are the joints. Yeah. You don't, you don't have superior... You don't have... Your bones are still made out of bones.
1: Well, what do you think of Zion's, like, future in terms of, like, being the face of the league? Because, obviously, there's a lot of hype around Zion. Even when he announced that he would debut, um, you know, a few nights ago, I it, it mean, they got promoted into primetime. <laughs> this right. game, the Pelicans... Against the Nuggets, I believe. The
0: debut, if you look at the box score, he scored a lot in the fourth quarter. If you actually watch it, it was all like like wide open threes. No one was guarding him.
1: And not a great form as well. I think they were a bit lucky. Such a flat shot. I think they were quite lucky to go in.
0: But saying that, he's played a couple games now and he's averaging like 19 points and eight rebounds. I mean, that's something, right? I think that's
1: real. Do you think that the hype is validated? Like not in terms of the recent performances, but do you feel that projecting his rookie season, a second year, and third year, that he will make that climb up to the upper echelon of NBA players? I think it
0: depends. I think we definitely have to just watch more games, like watch the rest Mm. of the season, essentially. Um, I think what can happen is, you know, his first season, he might be able to, because he's so different, people don't really know how to guard him. Teams don't really scheme for him. But come season two or three, if teams start to plan and scheme for him, is he still able to be really effective?
1: And Zion, they really wanted Zion to be the next the next guy, um, to be the face of the league. The fact that he signed 95... He got a $95 million shoe contract even before playing a minute in the NBA just proves that everyone believed he was going to be box office. The fact that they like put him on primetime like so many nice Pelicans games on primetime, it's the freaking New Orleans Pelicans. I've been there. It's not... Like New Orleans is not a Pelican City, but Zion, Zion is, is is attractive enough to make New Orleans a like a prime time city, a Pelican City, um, and and they wanted to push Zion to be that. And you know, his injury is unfortunate, and they hope that you know Zion recovers and becomes the face of the league. I, I mean, there's just so much hype around him, and probably the most hype since LeBron James. Mm, uh, mm. Yeah. And just to end on a positive light, I guess, you know, I I hope he does it. Because the other player that no one expected and no one was like pushing for is Luca. Luca actually might be and we've already seen traits that he is probably going to be the best player in MVP in the future. Alright, listeners. This has been a, a very difficult podcast for
0: us, but we're here for you. So we try to end our podcast on a light note. But we ended up talking about Zion. So, I'm sorry. We made that joke already. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I don't know why I find that so funny. It doesn't take much, Kane. I'm a simple man, Kane. I'm a simple man. Until next time, listeners. See ya!
1: Rest in peace, Peggy.
0: on beach, boys. Thank you for listening to your NBA podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your NBA Podcast.